the podcast that you're listening to is being presented to you with the cooperation of the SJ Network. If you're a person who needs a publicist and you want to appear on podcasts, contact Stephen Joyner at s-j-network.com. Let's get on with the show. Today's episode of Too Many Podcasts marks the return of Dr. Lindsay Weisner. She hosts the podcast Neurotic Nourishment and is also the co-host of the Crimes of Long Island podcast. Do you think she could cure me of my kleptomania? I've already told you, stealing third base does not make you a kleptomaniac. But what about my favorite song? Isn't that an indicator? I don't think the song, Who Took the Cookie from the Cookie Jar qualifies you as a kleptomaniac either. Well, that's good to know. I guess I'll just stick with embezzlement. Attention, rebels of the show pollution. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. We would like to give you a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial simply by heading to www.audibletrial.com Sherpa. There are over 180,000 titles of audiobooks and podcasts, including this one, to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And now, the one and only Mr. Bruce will lead you into the Sherpa chalet. As a reminder, the cool Mount Podcastia air that you are inhaling is a result of the Yaks Burrito Dinner. Welcome to Too Many Podcasts, the podcast about podcasts. Now, podcasting from the Sherpa Chalet on Mount Podcastia, here's your host, Jim, the podcast Sherpa. Hello there, Rebels of the Sharpolution, and welcome to Too Many Podcasts, the podcast about podcasts. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's me, Jim the Podcast Sherpa. Who else would it be? Welcome back to the show, and we hope that you've been listening on either your favorite podcast app or at sharpolution.com or verbal.com or Good Pods. And we are coming to you now on that internet radio thing called the Helium Radio Network. Thank you guys for having me on. Every Friday morning at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I guess there's not a dial that you can tune into, but just, I don't know, go to the site. <laughs> Download the app. Something like that. That'll, that'll make it work. If you're listening now, actually, you're listening to last week's show, but that's good. So if you missed it, here I am. Hello. Hey, make sure you listen to next week's. It's going to be a fun one, too. But for this one, it's another good one because of our guest today. Who's our guest today, Sherpa? She is Dr. Lindsay Wisner, and Lindsay was a guest on the show a while back, a couple of seasons ago, and we had so much fun talking, and we always wanted to make plans to do it again, and then, of course, we both got busy with stuff, and then, you know, it was one thing after another, but finally, we got it worked out, and now Lindsay is bringing back her original podcast, Neurotic Nourishment, and she's now the co-host of a new podcast called The Crimes of Long Island Podcast. So we had a lot to talk about, a lot of fun. Of course, she was making me laugh, as she always does. And the beginning of the interview is going to sound a little funny because my mic was all... (laughs) But to hear just Lindsay go off and be funny, I just kind of left it in there. So, So welcome back, Dr. Lindsay Weisner, to... Sherpa Chalet, let's have a listen to our conversation. I will be swearing. Um, Jim, thank you. I've been warned that I'll still be swearing, but Jim, thank you so much. It is, um, you know, we had some time to catch up before the show, and I'm so grateful for it because 
Um, like many listeners, I imagine, I sort of became a hermit, perhaps a Sherpa. Um, but during the uh, pandemic, it wasn't on purpose. I think I just kept spinning my wheels and distracting myself so much so that the social interaction became lost. And I really missed this. And when I looked back and was like, wow, we haven't spoken in two years, almost two years. I don't math. I was really glad that we reconnected and you, you know, allowed me to come on the show. Awesome. Uh, yep. Lindsay Weisner. You can call me doctor. I'll make a joke, but no one will understand it. I was going to say if you're nasty, but like, whatever. Um, but yeah, exactly. Um, but I'm so happy to reunite with you. We had some time to catch up. Yes, I don't recommend releasing a self-help book during the first week of any pandemic, FYI. Um, but I did learn a lot since then. I now have a, uh, I have a blog on Psychology Today that I got by accident because I asked them to cover the release of my book. And they're like, we don't do that. But do you want a blog? Yes, I can write about anything I want to. Sure. I have uh, uh, Neurotic Nourishment. My my co-host left kind of in a half-ish. Um, love her, miss her. Things are tough to make the same, but she lives like three blocks away from me, which is a little awkward. Um, but she's fantastic at what she does. Um, she just doesn't just do this anymore. And recently probably three, four months ago, but newly released a month ago, I uh, became the co-host of a podcast called Crimes of Long Island Podcast, which, Jim, I'm hoping you can give me some new listeners because we're both Long Islanders. Oh, I guess we can kind of jump ahead into talking about your new podcast, Crimes of Long Island. We, we were talking before we started recording, and I had commented to you that given your position as a psychiatrist, you've got a different slant on the people that are involved in these crimes. So I'm a psychologist. They would not let me prescribe meds because they know I'd only prescribe them to myself. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but it doesn't matter. I'm a psychologist, a therapist. I work with a lot of anxiety, a lot of suicidal teens on Long Island, yada, yada. But I've also the an excess amount of training than what I should because I was really fascinated by psychology and I'm probably a bit OCD um, as evidenced by the fact that so my co-host Mark his child and my child met in kindergarten and we struck up a friendship as one has to when your child makes friends and the friend is like a good kid and a smart kid and you're like well F it I can't break this up so I guess I gotta be friends with the parents also, both parents are lovely, but um, Mark and I had a lot in common. Interestingly, when um, my initial co-host of uh, Neurotic Nourishment, Sharon, left, and if you're interested in a nutritionist, I recommend her. She's at Superior Nutrition at um, Instagram.com. Nonetheless, fantastic person. The podcast wasn't doing it for her. Whatever, doesn't matter. You want to lose weight? She's your gal. Moving on. And so when she left, I had a lot of insecurities and the first person I turned to was in fact Mark. He has a lot of experience 
to podcasting. He had listened to my podcast. He had said nice things about my podcast. He doesn't distribute compliments liberally, let's just say. And so when Mark says something nice, I listened. Uh, But I went to him and I was like, do you think I can do this alone? And at first he was sort of cross and confused. And then I was like, dude, I just, I need an attaboy to keep this going. Uh, He gave me what I needed. I kept it going through the pandemic. I interviewed a lot of comedians. I interviewed Jim Norton um, from like, you know, Howard Stern show. Also just amazing guy. I stalked the, you know what, out of him. And he was just so lovely. In fact, I had problems with my, like my audio quality. And he goes, let me just record it and I'll send it to you. And I was so in awe of this man, you know, having like kind of worshipped him for being like a crappy swear pants for so many years. And then he was just so kind to me when things messed up. And so he was lovely. But like, I spoke to a lot of comedians over the pandemic to try to, you know, see how they were coping. How do we find humor in all this? Also, it wasn't too long ago that we were making fun of like 2018 with Trump. And then I'm not getting political, kind of am. But then all of a sudden we've got like this global pandemic that we've only seen on movies or read about in fiction. And how do we deal with it then? So things were a mess. I needed something. I, uh, Sharon quit. I went to Mark. He's like, you know, like modest, like pat on the head. And what I later found out is like, he does have a lot of faith in me, obviously. Um, Mark has had several podcasts. One is Little House on the Prairie. It's called Walnut Grove. It's actually really good. And I've been a guest host on it sometime. And the other is Unsolved Mysteries Rewind. And they're both very popular. And as Mark and I were talking at the end of an episode of Unsolved Mysteries Rewind, I mentioned this crime that I had been captivated by. I don't know why, but I have weird issues. And he mentioned that he had had a thought and wanted to talk to me after the show. And this is all on the episode. Like you can hear it. And so afterwards we end up in this discussion about what if we did a crimes of long Island podcast, because a lot of bad shadoodles. It's like I've reserved five bad words for this episode and I'm not, I'm going to use them sparingly. (laughs) A lot of bad stuff happens here and some of it makes it out there and some of it doesn't. And because we pay so much for goddamn taxes, that counts as one. Um, You know, we forget it. Uh, We let it go. There's weird stuff and we just And I'm not even talking about the Amityville Horror House, which we haven't covered yet, but we will. Mark and I started talking about the idea of a Crimes of Long Island podcast. And there wasn't anything else out there that was targeting it like this. You know, we spoke before. You mentioned like a podcast that was directed at this, a podcast that was directed at that. I'm a huge fan of Jamie Beebe's um, Strictly Stalking. I'm a huge fan of In Historium by uh, Crystal Ponte. I'm probably messing up the name, not her name. I've been like a big true crime fan for probably four or five years. And then when I think about that, definitely before that was snapped. And when I get pissed off at my husband, I like to turn on snapped when he walks in the room. So he knows, be very careful. Um, and so uh, let's say six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, we started recording 
We've probably only released five episodes, but honestly, it's like the highlight of my week. I'm currently doing a deep dive into a case and I'm hoping to sell it as a nonfiction book when I get the opportunity. That's an interesting switch considering your first book was about finding happiness. Now the second one has to do about a crime, about a murder. I am a fiction writer, born and bred. My first book, Selene, who you interviewed on your podcast, sure. which was a fantastic interview. Um, although Thank she's you. my probably my polar opposite. But like, you know, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can see how you guys click, though. We do click because we're both kind of snarky and sarcastic, but um, we met in a very happenstance sort of way where I was having lunch with um, an acquaintance from the PTA. It's my now eighth grader going into eighth grade. It was like another mother I knew and she asked if I wanted to go for lunch. And I didn't know a lot of people in this area. And also she seemed nice enough. We went for lunch. She mentioned that her aunt was a writer and I was like put me in touch with her because I was dying for a connection I had just won the Cosmo Fiction Contest of 2013 or 14 it doesn't matter look it up it's the only one there ever was um, <laughs> but so you know that's how Selene and I met and it turns out we have a lot in common like uh, part of it is trauma part of it is sarcasm and laughter and whatnot but so that's how I ended up writing this book on happiness where like she asked for a reader I read it and was like that's cool but I could back it up with science I never thought I would write a nonfiction book and yet somehow I feel more pulled towards this nonfiction book than I have towards the three other fiction stories that I have in my mind, as most of us do if we're writers. So. I know also in the past year, you've also gotten into a lot of teaching as well. Yes. I got my yoga teacher training twice. Um, and then, and you guys can't see it, but I'm holding up my elbow for Jim. Okay. So we lost our air conditioner at the beginning of the summer, like our upstairs bedroom air conditioner. So we all had to sleep downstairs and there's like a little guest bed for my fat ass and my husband and the cat that needs to sleep by my head and the pillow my husband needs behind his back because we're old we're in our 40s at some point in time I obviously hit my left elbow into by the way reasons I stink at being a yoga teacher uh for a long time I called this this part my um my my arm thigh (laughs) <laughs> or my arm shin bone. Like I could not put the words together when put under pressure. Here, I can speak to you with no problem, but put me in front of a class with a mask for the first time. And I'm like, touch your this, tear that. And every judge, teacher in the room is like, that's not how we do it. Um, <laughs> but nonetheless, I, I did something to a ligament. And so I have not been able to go back to yoga, but I have taught two yoga classes, which were amazing. And if you're on Long Island and you want a private lesson, you can totally contact Jim, who will contact me, as long as I don't have to put any weight on my arm shin, also known as my forearm. But yeah, I did that. So my kids were home and I signed them up for classes online. And so then I started teaching online on the same platform. And to me, it was another form of therapy where I got to say, I'm going to teach you about the Salem witch trials because they're amazing. They have to do with sexism and racism and um, biases and not mentioning any political events. Like this is how this came about. Group think and all these things. 
And I got to talk to kids all over the country. And like, there was this entire family. It was like four cousins that followed me for like six or seven weeks. And then the kids went somewhere else. And it was just phenomenal, which is why I'm glad I'm allowed to go on podcasts like yours, which is why I'm glad I have uh, technically two podcasts. I'm going to start re-recording Neurotic Nourishment next week with a bunch of amazing people. Unlike you, Jim, like this has been a tough time for me, which I'm going to turn to the interviewer now. How have you managed to fare so well? I just kind of looked at it as it's a small goal to do each week, to know that I got to put something out there. I think if you think beyond that, if you overthink it, you're just putting a lot of pressure on yourself. But does it bring you, I don't want to say joy, because I think that's like Brene Brown or uh, the that, other That's one a fair question, wrote. though. I know, <laughs> but like, I like the idea of the question, but it's either Brene Brown or there's like two or three of these women that like made their lives on Instagram. Regardless, like, does it bring you joy? And I hate saying it like that, but that is... At this point in my life, it's how I talk to myself and how I talk to my children because I work my tushy off, <laughs> you know, like a lot. And so I know that I'm covering the, the my basic needs and my children's basic needs, but does it bring you joy? And like for you, clearly this brings you joy. Like you didn't miss, correct me if I'm wrong, but you didn't miss a week in this. Like not, I went back through your episodes. You didn't miss a freaking week. Not at all. You're my idol for this reason. Like at some <laughs> point I just got burnt out. And how did you do it? I don't know. I, I don't think I had a really uh, specific science to it. I mean, you got to realize also I'm you know, working with a publicist who will throw me people. And then some people were, I just found on my own as well. So I just kind of kept my fields open. I said, well, let's do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And sometimes I'll, I'll think of certain fields where, like, I've, I've never spoken to this type of person before. Like this past season, I got to speak to an astrophysicist. Wow, really? That's interesting. I mean, I would have just nodded and said, mm-hmm, every five <laughs> seconds because I wouldn't have gotten any of it, but it's still interesting. Because <laughs> like, I listen to science podcasts and sometimes I know, I, I explained to him, I said, sometimes it just goes over my head and I figure with a one-on-one -on -one conversation, it would feel a little bit more down to earth, pardon the pun. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. What did, may I ask, uh, what did you guys discuss? I asked him about uh, black holes, like about dark matter, dark energy, Nope. I, nope. I still don't understand the Tesseract cube. So we've already gone beyond my knowledge. I just grasped the multiverse <laughs> over the last summer. And my son has been sick with like a rhinovirus, meaning as I told him, he's turned into a rhinoceros. But like, I just grasped this in the last like six weeks, four weeks, two. It's been a week and a half. It feels like forever. Black holes is beyond my comprehension, but I love the idea that you're using this podcast to enhance your knowledge. That's that. That's sort of the direction I'm steering neurotic nourishment in, <laughs> where like, I have a goal. I have a mystery that I want to solve, a book that I want to write, a story that didn't like a woman where justice wasn't served. I don't know how that sentence ends, but, um, but so I, when I'm looking for podcast guests, aside from you who are welcome on neurotic nourishment anytime. Um, but like, really I'm desperately looking for people who will help fill in the blanks in my mind. And there was a while from like March till I started recording about 
two weeks ago, but like from March till let's say September, because that's probably when the next episode will come out when I was like, I can't do this. And you're a rock star for keeping it up. And like, had you not reached out to me, I probably would have just laid latent. And when you reached out to me, it was like inspiration to be like, get up, do something, make yourself happy. I'm a psychologist. And there were, there were two or three months where like, after I spoke to my neurologist, because you can get meds from a neurologist, not just a psychiatrist and neurologists are often more knowledgeable, but he was like, maybe just like raise them a little bit for three months. And was that the deal breaker? No. Did it help me get through a shadoodles time? (laughs) My kids have taught me to use fake words. So (laughs) possibly. So ultimately, like one of the reasons I so desperately wanted to come on the show is because I'm in awe of what you, you know, Ah, how you kept on trudging. Well, you know, you you can't tell yourself short here, though, Lindsay, because, I mean, you are doing a lot of things where you're you're presenting knowledge to people and not just through podcasts, but through different media. Well, I'm 5'5", five five, so I'm a little short. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. But also, like, at some point, it wasn't bringing me joy. It was about spinning my wheels so that I moved rather than staying stagnant, if that makes sense. Like, at some point, it was just a distraction. Right now, I'm enjoying it. And that's why, like, I jumped slash bagged you to let me come on your podcast because (laughs) God, I'm ready to reconnect with old friends. And I consider you one of them, even though we've never met in person, but yeah, I'm thrilled to be able to talk about what you're doing, what I'm doing. Like, all right, well, let's talk a little bit about, uh, crimes of Long Island. Oh my God. So before we started, before we hit the record button, when Jim was being amazing to his wife, whatever, or maybe it's not, it was incredible. It was just Uh, a laundry matter folks. Yeah. He he carried (laughs) the laundry, but You can bleep that out, but F it. Like I was impressed and she was lovely and I got to meet his wife, which was cool for virtual five minutes, whatever. Yeah. I didn't grow up here. So a lot of the cases that are really well known, particularly like I'm in Hewlett. Um, I was bragging to Jim before he started about how good my stalking skills are. And then my internet couldn't handle it all at once because I'm in a horrible place where we don't have street lights or internet, even though we can't so much in taxes but regardless oh yeah i moved since we last spoke now i'm in fancy pants part of time where town where we have no street lights so we all drive in the dark and our internet blanks blanks the first word is a verb the second word is a noun you figure it out you can play mad libs with that one folks (laughs) right exactly god i wish my kids don't know this stuff and it sounds weird, but what kept me going through all this? Is crap a bad word? No, it's fine. <laughs> okay. So what kept me going through all this crap was like, it's not the deaths. It's not the murders. It's listening to people solve it. It's listening to the the chance encounters that give us new insight that most of us, most of the world probably does like look over, ignore, whatever it is. My husband's been watching a lot of the Olympics. We've never watched like a discus throw or... And now suddenly we have to because it's on. And I don't mind because I feel like the same is true about when I realized what my kids were getting away with. And I had already been listening to uh, True Crime Obsessed with Jillian and Patrick. Shout out to them. They will never shout out to me because they're so cool. Like when I realized what was going on, I was like, we're just paying attention to the wrong things. And then, of course, when I started investigating, I fell in love and in hate with a murder that happened about... 
two plus miles from my house. So now I like to take my kids on murder walks. <laughs> uh, we have been by the Kelly Tinya's house. Um, my personal obsession is um, Mindy Sue Schwartz. If anyone knows anything about Mindy Sue Schwartz, please reach out to me or Jim and he'll fast forward it forwarded on to me but like there's a lot of local tragedy that's happened and uh well i gotta fit into a bar mitzvah dress but it's no bar mitzvah dress so like this is how i spend my time i love it but i miss the interaction of podcasting i would recommend to people uh to definitely check out the amy fisher joey butterfuco sorry i mean as much as it was given so much national attention and they did three really bad movies about them. Your, your take on it was really refreshing. It, it really presented Amy in a different light and it really made, made me think hearing this story. And I said, well, yeah, this, you know, because I think when sometimes when you see things on the news or you read them in the paper, they're kind of going at this one sort of angle and they're not really looking at the whole version of this person. I, I very much appreciate that. The interesting thing is as much as um, my co-host and I are very different people with very different opinions and we are going to clash heads probably for the rest of our partnership or lives. I, I pray for lives because he's brilliant just in a different way. This is no, no shade thrown against the Buttafuoco family, particularly Mary Jo, but like somewhere along the line, something with Amy went wrong. And I truly believe, based on my work with victims of sexual uh, offense, uh, victims of sexual abuse, Amy very much seems, and I think, Jim, what you're referencing is like, Amy seems like she's she's a victim of sexual abuse. She did the best she can within many, in many victims of sexual abuse means like taking hold of the reins and trying to steer this chariot yourself. And sometimes that means trying to be sexual on your terms. And there are many things in the history. And I am not saying that Amy was sexually abused. I can't legally say that. Maybe she did, but like, I don't feel comfortable legally saying it, but she fits a number of criteria. Uh, you know, uh, there was either a personality disorder, which once again, did that come from birth or from what she was exposed to and, or I lean towards the, or she had a series of abuse. She was a victim. And so controlling men with sex was all she had, which is not a rational thought process, which is what I think you're referring to. Like mm -hmm. I feel awful for Mary Jo Botafuco. I feel awful for her children. I feel awful for anyone who has to go with, but in this one instance, and it's funny because my sister-in-law, when I posted that post was like, what's the big deal? She was not verbatim, but like she was a slut who slept with the husband. And I was like, I don't think that's just it. Yes, it was not right to sleep with someone's husband, but also I feel like she had been what we would call groomed. That actually turned out to be an easy recording because we, we both can't, we don't talk about our, like our feelings beforehand, Mark and I. Okay. And so we, we come to the quote unquote studio, which is virtual because COVID and 
I don't think either one of us really like people enough to, well, I like some people, but you know, but so we come to our recordings and we start it without really knowing where it's going to go. I record my impressions on a Google doc. I share it with him or, and he records his impressions and shares it with me. And neither one of us has the time to like look it over before we record. So in this case, as we were recording, I, I believe there are times you can hear he or I sh- um, being shocked or surprised or being like, yeah, that's exactly what I, you know, that's exactly what I thought. So I appreciate your listening to it because it was a really poignant and painful, like how do we undo the damage of the past? And it's interesting that even some of the other episodes are a little more obscure that people might not know about it. So it's, it's definitely something to capture people's attention. It's not always just the big ones that make the headlines, or maybe they did make the headlines like in the, in the 50s, as the one that you were telling me about earlier. Right. Before we spoke about Fred. Fred McGannis, and um, uh, we're trying to do, there's also Alice Parsons, who was definitely murdered, but on the headlines, kidnapped. But we're trying to make an even balance between like an even balance, but like we want to tell about the past and the future in part because it's really fun to like, oh God, I just said murder and fun. Um, But like, it's, it's, it's really interesting to put like, a murder of the past and let's say a ransom note. Like if you're asking for $25,000 in the case of Alex Parsons in the past, you have to add that up. Cause it's a lot now, you know, like it's an, I don't remember the number. I looked it up three days ago, but it's, you know, part of me wants to stick to the eighties to figure out how things unfolded Fortunately, uh, Mark, my you know co-host, is much better at being like, let's dive deeper because this should be an array of situations. And it's great. I, I love what I'm doing. I love neurotic nourishment. As I said, you're coming on soon. We're going to set something up. But I also love that I get to choose the topics, the subjects, and some of it is just random shadoodles that <laughs> I don't say shadoodles. Jim has made me say this. Um, <laughs> it's just random stuff that interests me. Like I have a genealogist coming on. I have an interventionist for like uh, dual diagnosis, drug and alcohol treatment. Apparently, he was on an episode of the Kardashians, but for the life of me, I can't find it. I will. Don't listen, sir. Um, <laughs> but there's something really cool about like getting to choose who you wake up to and talk to every morning and what knowledge you get to gain. I'm going to ask you a little tricky question. Well, actually, you're probably going to have a pretty good answer for this. There is nothing tricky. Give it a go. Okay. People are drawn to the true crime. Sure. Now, there's probably a psychological explanation as to why, and there's probably a personal explanation as to why. So what's, where does it fall with you? Or you can actually discuss both if you want. I'll discuss both. So um, I actually have a blog on psychology today. Plug, plug. Um, it's called um, The Venn Diagram Life by Lindsay Weisner. And um, my last post was about the fact that people were 
I'm like, why are we drawn to true crime? And I gave a whole bunch of statistics. Now, ultimately, I think there's a bunch of different reasons. We moved into a new neighborhood right before COVID and my kids didn't start going to school until like late April. And as my daughter and I were walking out to the bus, there was a car sitting in front of like the empty, dilapidated house next to us. I was like, get the license plate. Just go get the license plate. And she got it because it's not a big deal for a kid to walk over, you know, but like she got it. Pretend. Also, my kid is super smart. She got it's like she went back. She pretended to be picking something up off the ground. She got the license plate. And I was like, okay, let's run the plates. Let's see what happens. Like many people have a past they don't like to admit to. As time moves on and I start seeing people in my office, I kind of want to be able to find out if there's a criminal background. You know, that's not going to make or break, but it's certainly going to decide if I meet with them at 10 o'clock or not at night or like four. Also, um, I come from a family of criminals, kind of. I've had several relatives that have been either indicted or I want to say entombed, but that's not the right word. Indicted or, you know, imprisoned for things that they've done. Some right, some wrong, some I believe, some I don't. Either way, I think we all have a bit of a darkness inside of us. You know, one of my favorite questions to ask people for a while, not so much anymore because I got a satisfactory answer, but would be, if you killed someone, where would you bury the body? And it's a really tough question. And I can challenge the answers because like, I've been interested in this personally or professionally for years. Um, (laughs) uh, Recently, I met with a new patient who told me that he was having visions or like feelings followed by panic attacks of like being in tr- being on trial for killing someone or, you know, having to deal with the consequences. And I was like, hold on, how did you kill them? He doesn't know. What'd you do with the body? He doesn't know. And to me, like, that's a sign. Like, it's a positive sign. I mean, the kid is also 15 slash 16 and spent two years in the pandemic, but There's a reason that a thinking, is it like a first degree murder charge is more than a second degree because first degree is planned and second degree is not or something like that. But it's interesting to try to pull apart the way people's minds work. Also, I'm super into brain geekage and like different parts of the brain. It makes me feel safe. I think it's a false sense of security. Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of women listen to true crime. There is that kind of thrill of wondering. I'm not going to be offended, Sam. <laughs> no, no, no. Not, <laughs> there's nothing offensive. There is a thrill in thinking that you might be the one to solve the solve There you the go. Crime. <laughs> um, there's also a thrill to thinking that if you know enough, you can evade danger. We all have our own history. I don't know a single person. I'm going to go with women more than men but also men don't talk about it as much. But like, let's just take women. I don't know a single woman who has not been put in a situation that she wished she'd handled differently, um, whether that amount to an actual legal crime or simply a regret. And so, especially when we're talking about Kellyanne Times, she was not even 14. She doesn't fall into this category. And yet, how many of us at 14, like made a mistake, got in the wrong car, stayed out too late, you know? So now that my children are growing up,
growing up, I sort of do wonder if there's something about them growing up that makes me want to know more and hide under the delusion that I can protect them. It is a scary thought. I mean, percentage wise, you never know with like strangers and stuff like that, but the, or even sometimes it doesn't have to be a stranger. It could be Strange, someone that, you know? Strange. Stranger danger is kind of, I'm going to swear. I'm going to use one of my four swear words here. My second, stranger danger is bullshit. Um, more often than not, it's someone that you or your family knows, which is how they've lured you so close. I don't like the word grooming. I like don't like the word closure. I don't like anything that makes it seem easy. But the truth is, like, more often than not, uh, they spot someone weak and they go for them. Um, I'm not including Kelly Antinous in this because that was a different story, but just on like, uh, you know, cards on the table odds are, well, also you only know a certain percentage of the world. So it's clearly more likely that you're assaulted by someone you don't know, but there's something about this that really speaks to me. I would love it to be like a noble save the victim. And maybe it is, but it's also in part my getting a chance to speak up and warn people away from the dangers that might have befallen me had situations been slightly different. You know what I got to ask you now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some podcasts that you've been listening to lately that uh, people might enjoy? Absolutely. Strictly Stalking is Jamie Beebe. Um, I'm also having her as a guest on my uh, Neurotic Nourishment podcast soon, which, by the way, when I heard that she was coming on, almost peed my pants, but doesn't count as a, doesn't count as a swear, pee is in a swear. Obsessed with true crime with uh, Jillian and Patrick. Malcolm Gladwell's Real History is amazing. Oh, did I tell you about uh, Crimes of Long Island podcast? Because that's pretty cool. I know one of the hosts. Oh, do you? <laughs> a, a lovely um, woman. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Very <laughs> flexible. Knows her yoga. <laughs> um, uh, these my two Patreon feeds are True Crime Obsessed and True Crimes Disappeared. Voices for Justice. Do you know this one? It sounds familiar. You can just say no. No one's going to get, no one's going to follow you. <laughs> uh, Voices for Justice started as this woman who was fairly certain that her father had killed her sister and she made it her quest to, right, to unveil him as the villain and then the podcast kind of paused halfway because it, he was arrested. So spoiler alert, uh, it will resume when his trial does. Another one is a dear friend of mine and not true crime related, but um, damn, she's good. Um, and I could listen to her voice for hours. Like we don't text, we like voice message because she's amazing. Her name is Pam Moore. Her podcast is Real Fit or Welcome to Fit with Pam Moore. And then I have to pick, if I had to pick one more, because by the way, I'm actually looking through my podcasts. There was a podcast called Unraveled. And Unraveled was about the Long Island serial killer, which every time we say it makes me want to vomit because I'm not a fan. And, uh, obviously not a fan of the Long Island serial killer, but also not a fan of reviewing something that's been reviewed a thousand times. Unraveled, which is now on its second or third episode, they have managed to find a new angle. And the angle aims uh, the gun at the one of the main police chiefs. And it is the most incredible podcast I've ever heard. 
And if you do like true crime at all, if you live on Long Island, I recommend this more than mine. Listen to mine, please. But <laughs> um, but it's Unraveled season one. And it's a fascinating look at the Long Island serial killer because it's not looking at, it looks at it from a certain perspective, which may or may not be right. Damn, it's good. Other than that, it's just Seth, Seth Myers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what are yours? What are yours? Well, I've got a whole bunch of them. <laughs> lame, lame. <laughs> well, you're the guest here, Lindsay. I can, I can promote my favorite ones on your show if I go on your show. You will go on my show. <laughs> I'll send you a Calendly, Calendly link after I opened it up. Yay! <laughs> so... You've, you've done the show before, so you, you ready for some shameless self-promotion? Oh, uh, yeah. Shameless self-promotion. Shameless self-promotion. Guys, I love what I'm doing over at Neurotic Nourishment to uh, gain new info about things that interest me if you're in the new york area and you're big on like the comedy scene please check out i guess it's season three of neurotic nourishment from september to march in june no we're in july in august or september maybe i'll be starting season four for no reason at all other than the fact that i'm now purposely looking to track down people who might help me achieve my goal of um, solving a 40-something-year-old murder mystery. Also, if you were in the Hewlett-Woodmere Five Towns area in the late 80s or mid-80s, and you think you might be able to help me, please reach out to me at... Can I do this? Sure. I'm going to do this. Okay. Uh, please reach out to me at E-L-L-E-K-A-Y at AOL.com. Again, that's E-L-L-E-K-A-Y at AOL.com. I have a bunch of pictures that I can't match names to. I have a bunch of information that's missing. And as much as I'm trying to go through the court system, that was me giving the raspberries because it's frustrating. Also follow Neurotic Nourishment, follow Crimes of Long Island. Most importantly, follow Jim because he's so kind. He keeps letting me on his show. <laughs> well, thank you. And thank you for being on the show, Dr. Lindsay Wisner, one of my faves. Thank you. you. Catch her on Neurotic Nourishment or Client. Or climbs. <laughs> you could climb it. Climbs of Wrong Island. <laughs> <laughs> Which is much better of a word. <laughs> That's right. Crimes of Long Island podcast with her co-host Mark. And there'll be a lot of mysterious stuff happening on that show. Sure. We're on that internet thingy. At sharepollution.com. And now it's time for Sherpa Suggestions. And as you know, there are so many true crime podcasts out there, but you want to catch some of the good ones. And we've had some of the good ones on this show. So along with the Crimes of Long Island podcast, hosted by Lindsay and her buddy Mark, and also Ivy League Murders and... 
morning cup of murder. We have some of these that you can check out as well. We have My Favorite Murder, Something Was Wrong, Death of a Starlet, To Catch and Kill with Ronan Farrow, True Crime and Cocktails, Crime Junkie, Anatomy of Murder, and The Dating Game Killer. So I'm guessing that he wasn't happy with the consolation prize? A very special thanks to Dr. Lindsay Weiser for coming on the show. And be sure to catch her podcast, Neurotic Nourishment, where you might hear me as a guest one of these days. Maybe, maybe not. I'm neurotic. Do I have nourishment? Pop-Tarts! Yes. And (laughs) you can also hear her on the Crimes of Long Island podcast. Next week, we've got another fun show coming on. He's the host of the Hi, I'm Jason podcast. And appropriately named a guy named Jason, Jason Pollock. Stand-up comedian, really funny. We had a crazy conversation for our interview, and I actually even got to be on his podcast as well, just doing a little swap thing, you know. So check it out. You're really going to like it. Mr. Bruce, since we're talking true crime, let's get our dear stalker hats and those little pipes. I'll, I'll make mine blow bubbles. And our magnifying glasses, and we'll act like we're investigating something. You know, just to show everybody out of the Sharper Chalet. In the meantime, folks, we'll see you next time. And viva! Less sharp pollution. Bye. Thanks for listening to Too Many Podcasts. Please disperse. You can go home now. I said you can go home now. Viva la chapelition. Viva la chapelition. <coughs> oh. Yell, come back now, you hear?